0: Welcome to the Invisible Sensei Podcast I hope you're well wherever you are listening to this Here's a question Have you ever gone somewhere To a party, a social event, or a sporting event Or something like that Where you've been by yourself, you've walked in And you have felt completely unwelcome you felt quite isolated, you've walked in And it was really apparent that people didn't want you there I have, and today I want to talk a little bit about that as it applies to martial arts. I've certainly walked into Dojo with what I would hope is an open mind and felt like an unwanted guest. One that people have had to tolerate rather than treat with any kind of level of respect. and. The sad thing about that is sometimes that is within my own style. Going to another dojo and having to prove yourself. Having to kowtow to other people's egos. Uh, I'll give an example. Sorry, I'm drinking coffee. So <laughs> try not to clean my throat too much. Uh, I went to a dojo a couple of years ago. Actually, it's probably more like about 10 years ago, in which the practitioner or the, the sensei of the dojo I trained with before, uh, not to a great extent, we were the same style, and he knew my direct sensei and they were friends, and he had trained with him. And anyway, I went in, and immediately we jumped straight to sparring, and immediately I sparred with him. It was There was no warm-up, there was no preamble, and it got to a point where... I was realising that there was a point to be made here, pecking order, um, an alpha dog thing going on and in sparring with his particular sensor, who was by far and away my senior, it started to escalate and I'm not in any illusions about my skills and ability, he was by far and away much stronger than me but you know I was holding my own and it kind of continued to escalate so what I did was, when he came in for a sweep, I made sure that I went down in an appropriately ugly heap. And that seemed to satisfy whatever whatever alpha dog games were going on at that time and we moved on to the class. It's interesting that these attitudes persist. And it's even more interesting that they persist within particular styles. We've all trained with people who we respect, admire and go that is just a wonderful, he, she is a wonderful practitioner, I could go and train with him anytime and we've also trained with that man or woman or that organisation or that particular dojo where you've gone what did I bother, that's, a, that's two hours I'm never getting back and that leads me to my I guess main focus for the day and it's talking about I guess my life as an independent karate practitioner, which is a very odd set of, odd set of words to put together. An independent karate practitioner. Let me clarify what that means. So, I practice Okinawan goju I practice Kobudo, and I practice Myojin Soga Nihon Jujutsu. And I do stress practice. So, when I'm practicing goju which is the which is the main my main focus in terms of my my training. I see myself as part of a beautiful tradition created by Miyagi Chojan Sensei, by Kanduro Higuana and all the wonderful instructors that have come from that lineage, uh, Ichi Miyazato, Anichi Miyagi, Chiro um, Chinen, all of those wonderful instructors, um, you know, uh, Yamaguchi Sensei, all these wonderful people that um, have disseminated the style. So I see myself as being part of a family of Gojuru practitioners. Now, is the way that I teach Gojuru um, traditional? I don't know what traditional teaching is. I like to think that the way that I teach karate is the way that I would have wanted to be taught, and I think I'm actually influenced by a lot of the people that I've trained with. I think it's important to note that when I talk about being independent, I'm not part of a large international organization and that is not a conscious choice in the sense that I'm going no one can teach me and I'm so good that um, I don't need an organisation I should start my own style I mean it in the sense that I tend to join things based on the people that are part of that particular thing I'll give an example like I have a cousin who is very very we're very very close we're we're more like brothers and um, whether or not he's a musician and and I'm a musician so whether or not we're we're going somewhere to do some music together or we're going to um, paint a house or dig ditches, it doesn't matter I love spending time with him, we always make it really fun and it's always a great experience and I feel the same way about karate too The people that I want, if I was to join an organisation I would want to join an organisation not based on the advantage it would place on my ability to put my students into tournaments or to expose them to senior practitioners, I would want to follow someone that I actually respect. And what I mean by following is to, I guess, to a certain extent, emulate some of those values. I don't want to be a part of an organization that deifies its head instructor. I think that there are so many times in which people lose their humanity because they're surrounded by people that are looking for a daddy figure and I don't want a daddy figure I've got a daddy you know best daddy in the world (laughs) I'm sure at times he was (laughs) but I think that someone who encourages their students he or she to surpass them not to continue to 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 what's the word look inward for answers as opposed to continually looking for someone to pat them on the head and tell them they're moving in the right direction and I know that I'm over overly simplifying that I think I've seen too many times in these large organisations people have taken on really bullshit attitudes based on the values of some 10th done who for whatever reason displays the word displays behaviour unbecoming of someone of their grade or just of being a, a good person I want to follow someone who impresses me as a person encourages me as a practitioner that can walk both beside me but at the same time be a mentor I know that it's a large ask I don't want to have someone who lives on a mountain far far away and train with a student of the student of the student of the student of the student, of the student, of the student. and so that's led me to be independent independent in the sense that I have fostered um, relationships hopefully good open authentic relationships with martial artists that I admire, that I respect and they've influenced me and I've encouraged them to influence my students uh, through me and in, in direct um, training situations and that's the best that I can do I think sometimes it's possible to lose ourselves in the aims of other people and being part of a massive organisation can sometimes do that. Now I'm not begging being part of a massive organisation, but if you're doing things and you're treating people in a way that is not consistent with your own values as a person, then I think it's time to look at that sort of thing. When the style that we do becomes something that separates us rather than rather than encourages curiosity and an inquisitive nature, then I think there's something that we need to look at, there's something that I need to look at. If I encourage my students to believe that the way that I teach them is the only way, and that some way, shape or form, if I grade them to Shodan or whatever, that they owe me for that, then there's something wrong in me. There's something that is missing in me that is much bigger than martial arts. I like being an independent martial artist. Is it easy? No, it's not. Do I get looked down upon? Yes, I do. Do I care? No, I don't. But I look at martial arts practitioners who have walked uh, a path, the senior and by far and away more authentic than I have. And I'm talking about pe- practitioners like a sensei Patrick McCarthy, who the Kuru chenare, um Methodology of training, the, the way that they look at karate, I love that. I love that he went and trained Shinto shintoryu and did uh, shoot shoot fighting in Japan and travelled around the world as a way of studying what he wanted to study. You know, training with these incredible Okinawan masters, I respect that. I don't know McCarthy Sensei, but I respect what he did in the BS that he had to put up with in doing that. There's many examples of that, and he's just one, but. I think the time for us to be divided and to worry about what patch we were in a gi is less important than what we do on the dojo floor. How we act off the dojo floor, how we relate to each other. I think the time where we put up with, and I'm going to call it bullshit, all the bullshit that kind of goes with the ego bullshit that materializes is gone. In the COVID situation in which we're in, there is a spirit of collaboration happening that I think is hugely, hugely positive. And I hope that after the COVID situation becomes manageable and that it is safe to do so, that we continue that spirit. As a independent practitioner, when I write a black belt, when I write a showdown, when I write a Udansha certificate, let's be honest, it is really a gentleman's agreement or an agreement between people saying look this is, what I, this is what I think your value is I want to produce martial artists that can walk up to any dojo in the world if they say they're sure done to be able to move in a way to conduct themselves in a way where they are a, a great representation of that a, a good representation one of themselves of their style of how they've learned and what they've learned. but at the same time I don't want to own that The danger comes when we believe as sensei that we own our students. We don't own them. They're with us for a while. Some are with us for a long time. But I'm inspired all the time by my students. I love being an independent dojo. I love being able to train with anyone that I want. And I love the friendships of the people who are not. My students who are, who are actually my peers and my seniors And other styles that I've been able to create And feel so honoured to have in my life I think that when we start towing the party line And doing things which are distasteful to our own values That's when danger happens That's when I would encourage you to go independent Maybe you're part of a huge style A large duha it's an excellent one I encourage you to never allow your personal values to be compromised by the aspirations, the politics or the mindset of people with a particular agenda unless it sits well with you that's what I love being about independent, I get to Do the thing that I love with people that I care about. There's nothing worse than spending hours and hours and hours and years and years and years training with people that you dislike and have nothing in common with. That's what I love about being a martial artist. I love the relationships. I love the communication. And I love what I see in people when they develop and I love how I've developed through martial arts. Anyway, this has been a longer than usual podcast. I hope you've been able to... Keep up with um, my rapidly changing caffeine fueled rant. And, um, hey, guys, take care. Hope you're well. Keep up training. And um, we'll we'll catch up soon. And thank you so much for taking time to listen. Hey, feel free to holler at me too if you want to jump on the podcast. Uh, Be cool to have a conversation, um, irrespective of grade. I'm not really worried about the style. I'm not really worried about the... um, great that doesn't matter if you have a if you have something you want to discuss you want to talk about then I'm keen okay guys take care enough of my rant and we'll talk soon see ya Sensei Podcast, hope you're well. It is a lazy Saturday afternoon here in Aotearoa where I live and I'm sitting in front of the fire. You may or may not be able to hear that in the background. I have tāhaed, in Māori that means stolen, uh, the beautiful teawa my partner to come and do this podcast with me today. Kia ora teawa. Kia ora. So, a couple of weeks ago, we had the Gordjo Guys seminar, of which I'm a co-founder, and one of the things that happened in that seminar was kind of a special thing for us as a dojo and for Teo and I as partners. And I wanted to get some reflections on it because it's always a contentious thing. So, to give you a little bit of a background, the Gordjo Guys seminar was about myself, since I Josh Scanlan, since David Redaway, all of me, all, both of whom both of whom have been on this podcast. If you want to look back. Past podcasts, past episodes, <laughs> and um, we had a multi style seminar. And basically, we invited people who do cut out their respective the style of grade, and it was awesome. And some great things happened. It's the second seminar that we've had. Um, this was the second year. And when we had it last year, Tower was busy, so busy running around the back in the back ground, sorting out food and tables and all those things that I forgot to organised that you didn't really get that much of an opportunity to train so that being said we got an opportunity to go to Hamilton and train this year and how was your training experience? Tell it was great. Yeah. What were some of the things you liked about it?
1: Um, just training with heaps of different people and heaps of um, young people actually. It was really good to see the teenagers and Younger practitioners coming through, and a lot of females, which was awesome for me. <laughs> um, weather was good, karate was good, The floors were hard, my knees were sore, it was great.
0: I want to do a shout out to uh, To Wendy and Sam, who came up from part of the Wellington crew, came up. It was great to see you guys uh, training there, and you guys were definitely definitely energetic and strong and it's hard case because I, you know one of the things about doing ure tanden or you know doing arm pounding with you it's always a killer and I had it. But great to great to have you there and also thank you for your wonderful feedback about the podcast too. Hopefully we'll get you both on at some point if you can at all be bothered to be great. But all that aside something happened at the seminar that you did not anticipate. What was that, Miss Sen yeah
1: we um I think the Saturday Saturday we did the it was the full day training and at the end of it um he came up to us and congratulated Kalima for passing her knee and then congratulated myself for passing my sandan down. Um, we both were in a lot of shock. Bit overwhelmed. Actually, not a bit overwhelmed. Very overwhelmed. Um, We weren't sure whether to be angry or happy or sad or all of the above. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it was a a bit of a stunned mullet moment.
0: Gradings are always a contentious thing in the martial arts, especially you know, irrespective of what style you do. And so to give you a little bit of a background, so Tawa has been, did her nidan quite a few years ago, um, and Kalima did her shodan. Oh my gosh, gosh, a, 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 quite a, quite a long time ago. Both trained really hard and, and um, have been working really hard to try and get into a place where they felt ready for it. What happened was I made a decision without any consultation with them, but based on some conversations I'd had people I felt senior to me that I was going to watch them and use the seminar as an opportunity to uh, assess and then make a, a determination as to whether or not Kalima would be moving on to Nidan and on onto Sandan Now for those who don't know the Japanese terminology, Sandan is of course third down black belt and Nidan is second down black belt in Okinawan and Ryu Karate in this case and um it was interesting for me because I had to try and be mindful of the fact that I hadn't told them, but allow them the space to really do what they needed to do to show their skill, ability, and talent. And it was funny because I had a senior sense there that I spoke to. Um, uh, Shehan, sorry, I should say. Kyoshi Warren Smith um, who was one of my senior sensei and one of my instructors um, and I said I oh, can you just keep an eye on them and I looked across at him and he just sort of gave me the, the nod and, and so we went ahead you know when I walked up to you in Kalima um, oh, and Kalima also by the way, tell and Kalima have done a few quite a few episodes, I've, I've pushed them into doing episodes on that podcast so you can hear them too if you go back um, you look like you guys want to punch me Mm-hmm. Like you both look like you're a bunch of men. I mean it was it was hard for me Keeping it under wraps And the idea for me was I guess m- More like an Embu style of um, grading mm-hmm. And I know people have various thoughts on it But I thought that It seemed like every time we set a date And we started moving towards things Life and injuries and so on and so forth Would get in the way How did you What were your kind of thoughts Like building up to grading and then kind of getting injured And all that sort of stuff What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah um, it's, Well I think we made the decision about three Over three years ago To start training Toward sun, Um So obviously that was a couple a couple of years after um, The Nidan grading And It's been a really hard Long journey The last three years sort of, you know, you go to class um, and I've had quite a few injuries and recovering from double plantar fasciitis which was excruciating took me, um, and I wasn't never able to get back into training as fully as what I wanted to um, and this year it just got to the point where I felt like I wasn't going to do it? I didn't feel worthy of it. I didn't feel um, like it, I had put in enough time. Um, and it got to the point where, to be honest, I just didn't even want to know. I didn't even. It was hanging over my head that I don't think I. It became the only reason why I felt like I had to go to training, and it was, it just became a bit of a drag because, you know, we've got three kids living with us as well and trying to, with being injured... Three teenagers, I three, should say, Three Three teenagers, yeah, who all want to choose ten sports between them <laughs> um, and don't have a licence. And <laughs> We live 5K from the nearest bus stop, you know, that's another podcast. Um... lost motivation and yeah just it was really hard really hard and I think when when it took us a couple of days Kalimra and I a couple of days afterwards to the first thing that was going through our head was who did this why are we doing this here who has been watching based on what all those questions um, were the questions we started asking us ourselves and we sat down the next night and we sort of told ourselves that we deserved it and the reason why we said that was because not because um had nothing to do with the fact that I mean is very busy as well we we worked out that between us I'm 38 Kalima is 24 25, 26 that between her and I we we've Been training for nearly between forty and fifty years. So Mm. when we're talking about time Mm. and effort and energy, we've both put in a lot of time, effort, and energy, as well as trying to be, you know, working people and looking after kids and yeah.
0: Being professional. Being professional. Uh, One of the things that I, one of the things that is always interesting for me, I know. When you did your shodan, and I should also say that Tawa was a black belt in Kempo karate, uh, Kempo Bushido karate, uh, before we actually met each other, became friends, and then um, fell madly in love. Oh, I just I don't know, maybe she just puts it with me. But um, so she already had a, a great deal of training on board when I met her. Now, the thing for me is when she did her shodan, her Goju Ru shodan, Prior to that, she'd done almost every grading, every Q grading, just for the fact of doing it. I think she did your know, first, first Q and then the syllabus and so on and so forth. Now, during those gradings, I don't spar with, um, I don't do dandori or kumite with tewa. Um, and I guess my rationale, if I'm being honest, I mean, putting my partner hat on is that I want people to realize that you are achieving these grades based on your merit. And my fear for, Cool sparring with you in that sort of situation. that's going, I don't want to go too light, but then again, I don't want it to go too hard trying to overcompensate. Mm. I want to be in the grading, but I also want people to see what you can do because I suppose it's always a thing, you know, people think that uh, people achieve gradings based on uh, that's who they know, not what they know.
1: Well, I think, I think, if my experience of sparring with you, I mean, outside of the dojo, you know, you and I train, train but both inside and outside of the dojo, my experience of sparring with you is actually you go a hell of a lot harder on me than what you do on others, and I think it's it is that thing of um, you don't want to be seen as being lenient.
0: Really, you think I get a lot harder? I think you go, he, Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I really, I really think so.
0: Yeah, wow, like, wow, like wow. I'm just going to push pause so we yeah. can have an argument about that. No, I, I yeah. well, you know, like I suppose for me, because we do a lot of, we, we train around the house. It's sort of something we're always kind of doing. It's almost like, almost like our plan. Um, oh, interesting. No, I didn't realise that. I didn't realise that. I think that, for me, the importance of the grading, of grading, I mean, some people I think, the grading becomes such a terror for them that it almost that uh, works against them. Like, you remember, uh, so we've got another um, close friend of ours, a uh, member of the door draw, uh, friend of ours, Liam. The Liam's like the same age as me, um, and he's had injuries from, um, I think it was a, a, a motoring accident that gave him a bung knee. And he trained really hard, wanted to do his grading, but what happened was every time he said the grading, he would almost, I feel... I don't know if he's self sabotage but the, the standard that he set himself was way higher than I said. And so we get to this point where he couldn't um, he almost couldn't conceive of himself doing the grading. So what I did was one one um, once what was it, one Wednesday, I said, Right, what are you up to on Saturday? And he goes, Why, what am I up to on Saturday? I said, oh you should do your show then and I gave him no preamble i spoken to every member of the Dojo prior to that and said this is what I wanted to do I just felt mm-hmm. like people are ready when they're ready now you can see the the fruit is ripe on the tree mm-hmm. and I think if you pick it too soon it's just as bad as picking it um, too late and I think for, to a certain extent if I had left it much longer I don't know if you would have done it because it became it becomes such a huge thing I know for me I've seen gradings where um people walk up to your center, walk up to them and just sort of do exactly what I did with you. They're assessed over the over a period of time. And I think that's what I like about um karate. And and I like that style of grading and that it's about you know, people always say, Oh look, it's not what you do on the day. It is about everything up to that and I mean there's so many things in so many ways shapes and forms that you support the dojo or that you support me um, that, that we wouldn't have a dojo without you and I you know maybe if, is that is that kind of very into the land of you and my partner so you know yeah maybe that is but I don't separate those things I also think you know, karate is really strong and I wanted you to be able to experience and to do something where you weren't so self-conscious that you couldn't just be yourselves. I mean, don't forget, we trained Friday night, all day Saturday, and then almost three-quarters of a day on Sunday. So, you know, that was... And that's after you guys had done the grading. So it was a long, long weekend, you know? Mm. You, know you... And so it was kind of a gorilla grading. What would you have preferred? Oh,
1: no, I, I mean... Uh,
0: I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that, like, oh, what would you prefer, like, in a smart or facetious way. I'm just going. No, uh, is it? Was it kind of? What well, did you? In retrospect, with a couple of weeks to think about it, was it something? Did you prefer that style? Would you prefer like, yeah. the regular kind of grading?
1: Yeah. I think. Um. I think what what a, the issue. I'm not going to answer that question directly at the moment. The, I'm going to take it to. the issue is three years ago when I set this pathway to do my sundown grading I didn't have fasciitis in my feet, I was probably 20 kgs lighter I was fitter and so back then my mind was and my body and my ability was in a different was different, you know, different place different and I think the struggle has been, I'm not trying to blame the injury, but it contributed hugely. Um, I couldn't you know, be on my feet for a long time, and then the compensating stuff kicks in. The struggle is in my mind this year. I've been trying, I've been expecting myself to be able to perform and do karate the way I did three years ago, and it was completely different. It's completely different to what I can do. And I and I remember reading, um, I think it was Volume Two, Karate Masters, and one of the um, sensei talk about that. It, um, I can't remember who who is. Sorry, but they talked about how you've got to be able to do karate for the body that you have. It, you know, not not the karate for your twenty-year-old younger self. <laughs> <laughs> um, and okay. then that's actually okay. Yeah. And so I think. Now coming back to answer the question, the style of which we undertook that grading, at the in the moment, because I've never done it that way, and Kalima had never done that that way, and what we talked about was, and why we told ourselves, that actually, you know, we did re- really deserve that. Um, we had that self-talk for ourselves was because we were trying to look for a different type point we're so used to sort of going through gradings that are you know it feels like 20 hours long and you get to the point where you're numbing and you can't walk and you just this walking mucky water really is what you feel like and when you're at ha- having a spa when you're in randori just just telling yourself all you've got to do is keep that person out because you're just so knackered and so is just so smashed and then you can't walk for the next week that's been our reference point point. and so what was different for us is that we hadn't done a cu- uh, grading in this way before um, and when we unpacked what the grading was, we'd done pretty much everything we would have done mm. in a normal grading we did it over a full day we did it in a um, seminar style and we got to show what we we're really good at and I I really liked it I think I preferred it I, I think it's important that anybody who does a grading particularly if it's for their shoran or you know they they experience the type of shoran grading that people would experience generally um you know that hard grading with a lot of kihon a lot of kata a lot of bunkai, a lot of koi a lot of for us um a lot, of, a lot of fighting. It's really really important because it's that's what helps to build I guess a baseline and a resilience and an idea of what what the journey from Black Belt upwards is actually about. It's solidifying everything that you've been learning beyond before, Shodan. Um and I just yeah, I really liked the Embu style of the grading because it's You know it's I guess it it, What it has done for me Is it has solidified For me that karate is a lifestyle Mm. Not now It's not a I've never seen it as a sport But it's not a thing I go to Every Monday or Wednesday Like I've found I think about it more I do more karate In my own spare time And it's only been two weeks I'm you know, googling tubing um, different cutter, for at the moment. Um, yeah so it's it's lifted something and it's I'm seeing it. That's my perspective and my outlook at the moment is there.
0: a long-winded answer. No, that was beautiful. It was perfect. It was on the money. I mean, I mean, I think the right, of, you know, having a right of passage is really important, I think. But you've had those gradings, You and Kalima have had some mamma jam gratings. You know, huge mm. amounts of sparring, huge amounts of body conditioning and physical fitness. And I think that, for me, I think that everyone needs to experience that. Yeah. But the problem is, is when that becomes the benchmark for, you know, it becomes... Sometimes it worries me with grading that it becomes about the instructor or the style or the style and the instructor. Look how tough your shodan gradings are. I mean, I've always been really inspired by people like Ichi um, Meazato and Sensei of that sort of ilk, you know, Miyagi Sensei's students. I mean, he, you know, I've, I've seen accounts of him walk up in Hanagaya, and hand a guy a yondan and go, oh, show me this kata, show me that kata, okay, um, well, Bring hand them a yondan certificate, and say, so "I keep training." Um, and I, it's not that it's that's easy, but I just like I think it's a recognition of, mm. of things, and I like that. At the same time, I don't think you should just you should just sort of give some give someone a grading. But I think there's no. lots of different ways to do a grading. I think sometimes there's people who who get gradings because of like I've seen people get graded, and, and when I was young, I didn't understand it wasn't because of their physical technique, which is all I looked at. It was because they worked hard in class, they turned up, they helped out of the dojo, they were good people. Mm. And then so they needed, that was an acknowledgement. You have people who weren't at the physical level but getting their grading, Mm. a shodan or whatever it was, gave them something to work up to. And then you had the people who were there, they worked hard and they were a great combination of those skills. Mm. But I often found that when people had it all together, they failed the first time
1: it's it's in, it's, uh, it's interesting because you know, we, we talk about um, we talk about we talk a lot about our dojo kun, you know, different different styles will have their own versions of their, of their dojo kun, so we talk a lot about in class, and it's not just in our class, but I've also heard it in different dojo that I've gone to, the importance of um, taking whatever it is that you learn in karate out into the world, and I'm not talking about beating up. I'm talking about you know the, the um, characteristics of what it is to be a good human and good to people. And so, I think there's a lot of dojo around the world who have some within their dojo kun something that talks about taking something from the dojo about your personality or your um, ways of living and practicing that in, in life. So, for example, like our dojo kun, one of our dojo kun is never played as this as with creativity Be humble and polite, live a plain life Be humble and polite, live a plain life Those two things aren't things just that just exist in our dojo They exist outside of our dojo And so the point I'm making is that As a, as a, as a karate dojo If we think that a, that a practitioner comes to the dojo And we expect that practitioner To take what it is that we teach them into their life then we have to be reciprocal in that as well. Mm. And we have to look at what it is that that student does outside of their lives and brings into our dojo. Mm. And so I think that's grading times when people are grading if we are only grading people based on skill then we're failing to see the importance of our dojo kun within and what it is that we're really trying to to teach them. Mm. Um, and the question, you know, my question I would challenge would be, what is the purpose of your dojo-kun mm. if you're only grading them on based on skill? Yeah. That, I guess, you know, that's, that's the thing that I
0: continuously think about. Yeah, our, our dojo-kun was um, actually from the, from, from the organisation, formerly known as Jundokan International uh, Organisation under Taro Chenin Sensei. set of principles a set of guidelines and they're so you know so simple like one of the ones that I think is really applies particularly to you you know talk about live a plain life now live a plain life is probably not a for me it's not about living a plain life which suggests boring lives live a simple life and the way that you the work that you do in the community the what you do professionally is all about the service especially to of children and helping children and families and things like that And I won't get into that, obviously, um, because that's your work. But the work that you choose to do, the work that you do in the community, the work that you do for our family, the work that you do for your family, um, is all about service. And I think that I see karate in you every day in so many ways. And sort of for me, the technical aspect was a foregone conclusion because I'm constantly getting kicked or swept or, you know, getting a cock in the forehead. Even, even in the mornings when we're waking up, um, so I had no problem with it. I think that what I hope is that it's something that you feel proud of, and certainly something that you both you and Kalima earned. What was interesting for me is you both burst into tears, and I should have, I probably should have waited because we were about to do photos.
1: <laughs> oh, it's because yeah, I am. The shocker, but I was going to be. I was fine. It was. Um, I'm terrible when I see other people cry. Hmm. And then I
0: saw my mate crying And I was like Oh I need to cry over there yeah. Well <laughs> I mean I shouldn't say that I don't mean to, to uh, Throw Clemo There's nothing wrong With tears And, and you both took it re- I mean you both looked like you wanted To punch me Like you thought It was joking Or something But I thought You just did really well And Guys if you're listening To this You can hear The kind of person That uh, Teowo Sensei Actually is And you can hear That karate Is not just something sh- She does It's a lifestyle And yeah Congratulations with it are you going to do more podcasts I I take it as yes are you going to do your own podcast? more importantly I don't know <laughs> so anyway congratulations Sensei Tawa on your promotion to Sundan and to Sensei Kalima on your promotion to Nidan. well done
1: thank you I do just say just no. I do I do in saying what I just said so do um, I do think it's important that skills, is <laughs> so of, yeah. of, of
0: course. You have it. What's
1: his, um, and
0: if you and if anyone out there doubts it, you know, come on, come on over. You know, got a car park outside. We
1: okay, yeah. <laughs> got a UG waiting for you. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <Jokes>. <laughs> or
0: NP, depending. Yeah. Depending. Yeah. Well done, and thanks, guys, so much for listening. This is just—I I didn't want to make this a really long one. Um, thanks so much, guys, and for all the people who supported the seminar, for all the people who continue to listen to um, the podcast. Thank you so much, guys. It means a lot to us. And, and you got recognised, eh, at the seminar? Someone so oh yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. someone's come up to me and they asked me what my name was. And, or introduce themselves. I
1: introduced myself. Introduced myself, and they said, "Oh, I know." I know you from the podcast. This <laughs> <laughs> is my little moment of yeah. of Hollywood. Yeah,
0: yeah. no well done, well done. You know, when people come up to say that to you, you know what you do? You look them in the face, you take them by the hand, you shake them, you make eye contact, and say, "You get to pay me." Since the podcast, hope you're well. It is a lazy Saturday afternoon here in Aotearoa where I live, and I'm sitting in front of the fire. You may or may not be able to hear that in the background. I have Tahaid and Māori, that means stolen, uh, the beautiful Tela, my partner, to come and do this podcast with me today. tell ora So. A couple of weeks ago we had the Gojo Guys Seminar of which I'm a co-founder and one of the things that happened in that seminar was kind of a special thing for us as a dojo and for Teo and I as partners and I wanted to get some reflections on it because it's always a contentious thing. So to give you a little bit of a background, the Gojo Guys Seminar was about myself, Sensei Josh Scanlon, Sensei David Redaway, all of them, all both of whom... Both of whom have been on this podcast, if you want to look back in the, in the um, past podcast, past episodes. <laughs> and um, we had a multi-style seminar. And basically, we invited people who do karate, irrespective of a style or grade, and it was awesome, and some great things happened. It's the second seminar that we've had. Um, this was the second year. And when we had it last year, Tawa was busy, so busy running around the back. In the background Sorting out food and tables And all those things that I forgot to Organise But she didn't really get that much of an opportunity to train So That being said we got an opportunity to go to Hamilton and train this year And how was your training experience Taylor? It yeah. What were some of the things you liked about it? Um, just training with
1: heaps of different people And Heaps of Young people, actually, it was really good to see the teenagers and you know, younger practitioners coming through, and a lot of females, which was an awesome for <laughs> um, Weather was good, karate was good, floors were hard, my knees we sore. It
0: was great. Yeah. We do a shout out to. Uh, to Wendy and Sam, who came up from part of the Wellington crew, came up. It was great to see you guys uh, training there, and you guys were definitely, uh, definitely energetic and strong. And that's a hard case, Sam, because uh, you know one of the things about doing Udiat Tendino, you know, doing arm training with you, it's always a killer, and I had it. But great to great to have you there, and also thank you for your wonderful feedback about the podcast too. Hopefully, we'll get you both on at some point if you can at all be bothered. Would be great, but. All that aside Something happened at the seminar That you did not anticipate What was that Miss Sensei Yeah
1: we um, I think uh, Saturday Saturday we did the It was the full day training And at the end of it um, He came up to us and Congratulated Kalima For Passing her niran And then congratulated myself for see my son uh, um, We both were in a lot of shock, a bit overwhelmed, actually not a bit overwhelmed, very overwhelmed. Um, we weren't sure whether to be angry or happy or sad or all of the above. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a...
0: batting is always a contentious thing in the martial arts especially, you know, irrespective of what style you do. And so to give you a little bit of a background, so Tawa has been, did her knee down quite a few years ago, um, and Kalima did her shoulder, oh my gosh, gosh, quite a a long time ago. Both trained really hard and and, um, have been working really hard to try get into a place where they felt ready for it. What happened was I made a decision without any consultation with them, but based on some conversations I'd had with people I felt senior to me, that I was going to watch them and use the seminar as an opportunity to uh, assess and then make a, a determination as to whether or not Kalimbo do moving on to Nidan and Tewa onto to Sundan. Now, for those who don't know the Japanese terminology, sandan is of course third dan black belt and niran is second dan black belt in Okinawa Goju karate in this case. And um, it was interesting for me because I had to try and be mindful of the fact that I hadn't told them, but allow them the space to really do what they needed to do to show. Their skill, ability, and talent. And it was funny because I had a senior sensei there that I spoke to, uh, uh, Shihan, oh, sorry, I should say um, Kyoshi Warren Smith, um, who was one of my senior sensei and one of my instructors. Um, and I said, I oh, can you just keep an eye on them? And I looked across at he just sort of gave me the, the nod, and, and so we went ahead. You know, when I walked up to you in Kalima, mm-hmm. um, oh, and Kalima, also, by the way, tell and Kalima have done a few a few episodes I've pushed them Into doing episodes On the podcast So you can hear them too if you go back um, You look like You guys want to punch me <laughs> Like you both look like You're going to punch me I mean it was It was hard for me Keeping it under wraps And the idea For me was I guess m- More like an embryo style of um, Grading yeah. And I know people have Various thoughts on it But I thought That it seemed like every time we set a date And we started moving towards things of Life and injuries and so on and so forth Would get in the way How did you What were your kind of thoughts Like building up to Your grading and then kind of getting injured And all that sort of stuff What were your thoughts? Um, I, think was,
1: well, I think we made the decision About three Over three years ago To start training It's been a really hard, long journey the last three years. Um, sort of, you know, you go to class, and you know, I've had quite a few injuries and recovering from double plantar fasciitis, which was excruciating. Took me, I um, you know, wasn't never able to get back into training as fully as what I wanted to this year it just got to the point where I felt like I wasn't ever going to do it. Mm. Because I didn't feel worthy of it, I didn't feel like I had put in enough time. And and it got to the point where, to be honest, I just didn't even want to know, I didn't even, it was hanging over my head. the only reason why I felt like I had to go to training mm. and it was it just became a bit of a drag because, you know, we've got three kids living with us as well and trying to with being
0: injured. Three teenagers, I three, should say. Three too.
1: Keen at teenagers yeah, Who you want to choose ten sports between them. <laughs> um, and don't have a licence. And <laughs> we live five K from the nearest bus stop, you know, that's another podcast. Um think i'd ever get there and i lost motivation um, yeah just really hard mm. really hard and i think we when, when it took us a couple of days kalima and i a couple of days afterwards to the first thing that was going through our head was who did this why are we doing this here who's been watching based on what all those questions and we sat down The next night And we sort of Told ourselves that we deserved it And the reason why we said that Was because not because um, had nothing to do with the fact that And Kalim was very busy as well We We worked out that between us I'm 38 Kalim was 24 25, 26 That between her and I
0: Should, uh, one of the things that I One of the things that is always interesting for me I know when you did your shodanama I should also say that Tawa was a black girl in kempo Karate uh, Kempu do Karate uh, Before we actually met each other Became friends and then fell um, madly in love <laughs> No, I did I don't know, maybe she just it for me But Um so she already had a, a great deal of training on board when I met her. Now, the thing for me is when she did a shodan, her Gojuru shodan, prior to that she'd done almost every grading, every Q grading, just for the fact of doing it. I think she did, your know, first first Q in the syllabus and so on and so forth. Now, during those gradings, I don't spar with, um, I don't do dandori or kumite with teawa and I guess my rationale from being honest I mean putting my partner head on is that I want people to realise that you are achieving this grades based on your merit and my fear for, for sparing with you in this sort of situation is going I don't want to go too light but you again I don't want it to go too hard trying to overcompensate mm. I want to be in the grading but I also want people to see what you can do because I suppose it's always a thing you know people think that oh Achieve ratings based on uh, the two they know, not what mm. they know.
1: Well, I think, I think if my experience of sparring with you, I mean, outside of the dojo, you know, you and I train when we can, but both inside and outside of the dojo, my experience of sparring.
0: Really? You think going I get a lot think harder? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah? I
1: think yeah. yeah? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I really, I really think so. Really? You know, this oh, is like this. Wow. Wow. I'm just going to push forward so we yeah. can have an argument about it. No, I, I yeah. well, you know, like I suppose for me, because we do a lot of, we, we train around the house. That's sort of something we're always kind of doing. It's almost like, almost like our yeah, play. Um, Oh interesting No I didn't realise that I didn't realise that I think that For me The Importance of the grading Of grading I mean Some people I think The grading becomes Such a terror for them That it almost Works against them Like you remember uh, So we've got another um, Close friend of ours a member of the door, door uh, Friend of ours Liam the Liam's like The same age as me um, And he's had Injuries from um, I think it was A motoring accident that gave him a bung knee and he trained really hard wanted to do his grading but what happened was every time we set the grading he would almost I feel I don't know if he's self sabotaged but the the standard that he set himself was way higher than I set and so we get to this point where he couldn't um, he almost couldn't conceive of himself doing the grading so what I did was one one um, once, what was it? One Wednesday I said right what are you up to on Saturday And he goes why what am I up to on Saturday And I said oh you should do your show then And I gave him no preamble I spoke to every member of the Dojo Prior to that and said this is what I wanted to do I just felt like People are Ready when they're ready Now you can see the, the fruit is ripe On the tree and I think if you pick it too soon It's just as bad as picking it um, Too late and I think for to a certain extent if I had left it much longer, I don't know if you would have done it because it became it becomes such a huge thing. I know for me, I've seen gradings where um, people walk up senior sensei walk up to them and just sort of do exactly what I did mm. with you. Mm. They're ass- assessed over the over a period of time. And I think that's what I like about um karate. Mm. And and I like that style of grading and that it's about you know, people always say, Oh look, it's not what you do in the day. It is about everything up to that. And I mean there's so many things, there's so many ways, shapes and forms that you support the dojo, that you support me. Um, that, that we wouldn't have a dojo without you. And I you know, maybe if, is that is that kind of varying into the land of you my partner, so you know, yeah, maybe that is, but I don't separate those things. I also think your karate is your really strong. And I wanted you to be able to experience And Kalima, To do something where You weren't so self conscious That you couldn't just be yourselves mm. I mean don't forget we trained Friday night All day Saturday And then almost three quarters of a day on Sunday So you know that was And that's after you guys had done the grading So it was a long long weekend You know mm. and, you, and so it was kind of a gorilla grading what would you have preferred?
1: Oh no, I, I mean, uh,
0: I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, oh, what would you prefer, like in a smart or facetious way. I'm just going. No, I, uh, is it? Was it kind of? What well, did you, in retrospect, with a couple of weeks to think about it, was it something? Did you prefer that style? Would you have preferred like yeah, the regular kind of grading? Yeah,
1: I think. Um. I think what? What a the issue, I'm not going to answer that question directly at the moment. The, I'm going to take it to where I want to go. Thank okay. you very much. <laughs> the issue is, three years ago when I set this pathway to do my sundown grading, I didn't have fasciitis in my feet. I was probably 20 kgs lighter. I was fitter. And so, back then, my mind was, and my body my ability was in a different different, you know, different place different everything and I think the struggle has been I'm not trying to blame the injury, but it contributed hugely I um, couldn't you know, be on my feet for a long time and then the compensating stuff kicks in, the struggle is in my mind this year I've been trying I've been expecting myself to be able to and do karate the way I did three years ago, and it mm. was completely different. It's completely different to what I can do, and I and I remember reading. Um, 20-year-old younger self, <laughs> um, and then that's actually okay. Mm. And so I think now coming back to answer the question, the style of which we undertook that grading. but the, in the moment, because I've never done it that way, and Kalima had never done it that way, and what we talked about was and why we told ourselves that actually, you know, we did read. Self-talk for ourselves was because we were trying to look for a different type of grading, a different type of reference point. We're so used to, to going through gradings that are, you know, it feels like twenty hours long, and you get to the point where you're numbing and you can't walk, and you just this walking mucky water really is what you feel like. And when you're at ha- having a spa, when you're in Grand just just telling yourself all you've got to do is keep that person out because you're just so. Knackered, mm. And so your body is just so smashed, and then you can't walk for the next week. That's been our reference point. And so, what was different for us is that we hadn't done a cut. Uh, I think it's important that anybody who does a grading, particularly if it's for the short arm, you know, they they experience the type of short up grading. from Black Belt, upwards is actually about solidifying everything that you've been learning before Um, and I just, yeah, I really liked the Embu style of the grading because it's, you know, it's, I guess it, it, what it has done for me is it has solidified for me that karate is a lifestyle, not now. Think about it more. I do more karate in my own spare time. It's only been two weeks. I'm you know, googling and YouTubing um, different cutter. Put it for the moment. Um, yeah, so it's it's lifted something. It's, I'm seeing that. That's my perspective.
0: Out, so. No, that was beautiful. It was perfect. It was on the money. I mean, I mean, I think the right, you know, having the right of passage is really important. I think. where you've had those gradings. You include, you've had some memory gym gradings. You know, huge amounts of sparring, huge amounts of body conditioning, and physical fitness. And I think that for me, I think that everyone needs to experience that yeah. But the problem is, is when that becomes the benchmark for. You know it becomes sometimes that worries me with gradings that it becomes about the instructor or the style or the style and the instructor. Look how tough shodan gradings are. I mean, I've always been really inspired by people like um Ichi Mezato and Sensei that sort of ilk. you know, Miyagi Sensei's students. I mean, he, you know, I've, I've seen accounts of him walk up in Hanagaya Yondan and like, go, Okay, show me this kata, show me that kata. Bring it, hand them a yonder certificate and say, Well, I keep training. Mm. Um, and I, it's not that it's that's easy, but I just like, I think it's a recognition mm. of, of things. And I like that. At the same time, I don't think you should just, you should just sort of give some, give someone a grading. But I think there's no. lots of different ways to do a grading. I think right. sometimes there's people who, who get gradings because of, like, I've seen people get graded. And, and when I was young, I didn't understand. It wasn't because of physical technique, which is all I looked at. It was because they worked hard in class they turned up they helped out of the door, door they were good people mm. and then you, and so they needed they, that was an acknowledgement you have people who weren't at the physical level but getting their grading mm. you, a showdown or whatever it was gave them something to work up to mm. and then you had the people who were there they worked hard and they were con- a great combination of those skills mm. but I often found that when people had it all together they failed the first time mm. it's
1: it's an it's a, it's interesting because you know we we talk about um we talk about we talk a lot about our dojo Kun, you know different different styles will have their own versions of their, of their dojo Kun, So we talk a lot about in class and it's not this in my class but I've also heard it in different dojo that I've gone to the importance of um taking whatever it is that you learn and karate out into the world. And I'm not talking about beating people up. I'm talking about you know, the, the um, characteristics of what it is to be a good human and good to people. And so I think there's a lot of dojo around the world who have some within their dojo-kun something that talks about taking something from the dojo about your personality or your um, ways of living and practicing that in, in lifestyle. For example, like our dojo-kun, one of our dojo-kun is live a plain life creativity, be humble and polite, live a plain life, be humble and polite, live a plain life, those two things are things just that just exist in our dojo, they exist outside of our dojo and so the point I'm making is that as a, as a, as a karate dojo, if we think that a, that a practitioner comes to the dojo and we expect that practitioner to take what it is that we teach them into their life, then we have to be reciprocal in that as well Mm. and we have to look at what it is that that student does outside of their lives and brings into our dojo Mm. and so I think that's grading times when people are grading if we are only grading people based on skill then we're failing to see the importance of our dojo and and what it is that we're really trying to to teach them Mm. Um, and the question you know my question I would challenge would be what is the purpose of the dojo-kun mm. if you're only grading them or based on skill? Yeah. That, I guess, you know, that's, that's the thing that I continuously think about.
0: Now, our dojo-kun was um, actually from the, from, from the organisation, formerly known as Jundakarn International, uh, organisation under Tiroo Chenin Sensei, mm. um, and that was a translation of Carried on by um, uh, one of my karate mentors, um, Sensei Armando Martinez in the Ojikai in Miami. Um, And for me, yeah, the Dojo con is really, is hugely important because it gives a set of principles, a set of guidelines, and they're so, you know, they're so simple. Like one of the ones that I think is really applies particularly to you, you know, talk about live a plain life, now live a plain life is probably not a, for me it's not about living a plain life, which suggests more is live a simple life, and the way that you, the work that you do in the community, the what you do professionally is all about the service especially to, of children, and helping children and families and things like that, and I won't get into that obviously, um, for because that's your work, but the work that you choose to do the work that you do in the community the work that you do for our family the work that you do for your family um, is all about service and I think that I see karate in you every day in so many ways and sort of for me the technical aspect was a foregone conclusion because I'm constantly getting kicked or swept or you know getting a cock in my forehead even even in the mornings when we're waking up Um, so I had no problem with it I think that what I hope is that It's something that you feel proud of, and certainly something you both you and Kalima earned. What was interesting for me is you both burst into tears, and I should have, I probably should have waited because we were about to do photos. Oh, it's
1: because yeah, I um. The shocker. I I was gonna be. I was fine. It was um. I'm terrible when I see other people cry, Mm -hmm. and then I saw my mate crying. I was like, oh, I need to cry with you.
0: Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that I don't mean to, to throw There's nothing wrong with tears And, and you both took it re- I mean, you both took like you wanted to punch I me mean, Like you thought I was joking or something But I thought you did really well And guys, if you're listening to this You can hear the kind of person that uh, Taewa sensor actually is And you can hear that karate Is not just something sh- she does It's a lifestyle and, Yeah, congratulations You're worth it Are you going to do more cookies? But anyway, congratulations, Sensei Tao on your promotion to Sunda, and to Sensei Kalima on the, your promotion to Nidan. Well done.
1: Okay. I do just just say that I do, I do. In saying what I just said, I also do. Um, I do think it's important that skills. Yeah. Of, of of course. You have
0: it's it. What's, it's what's exam um... And if you and if anyone out there doubts it, you know, come on come on over, you know. Got a car pack outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got
1: a he waiting
0: for them. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> or MP depending. Yeah, depending. MP. But no, I hey, am um, well done. And thanks guys so much for listening. This is just well, I don't I didn't wanna make this a really long one. Um thanks so much guys and for all the people who supported the seminar, for all the people who continue to listen to um, the podcast. Thank you so much guys It means a lot to us And, and you got recognised there eh? At the seminar Something oh, to yeah, talk to
1: yeah, you Yeah, so once I come up to me And they ask me what my name was Or introduce themselves I introduce myself Introduce myself. myself And they said, Oh, I know I know you from the podcast <laughs> <laughs> this is my little moment of,
0: of Hollywood yeah. no, well, people come up to you and say that to you you know what you do you look them in the face you take them by the hand you shake them you make eye contact and say you got to pay me
1: <laughs> no not being humble